how can you be a Christian and serve in the military is a question that would have been much more relevant three, five, seven years ago, or at least before the collapse in, of Afghanistan and its subsequent political outlook or politi political fallout, let's call it that. And as much as we can see it <coughs> relevant in the past, especially during what was called the global war on terror, uh, the question itself harkens back to a much older argument, and that has to do with just war theory. Now, if w the time that we're existing in right now is easily explained away by something like those who are, um, are the, see, the right is in mostly in opposition to both the actions of the current president and, uh, and a majority of people who are of this Christian disposition, that are interested in theology are already opposed to the conflicts that a president like Joe Biden might be getting us into, then of course recruitment will be down because you see the problem. The military has a large percentage of people who are, let's just say, politically right-leaning. There's an affiliation between or a relationship between being politically right-leaning and being a Christian. And there's a, uh, there's a, a, a conflict or a, maybe not even a conflict of interest, but there's a a, a discouragement against joining the military in such times. But many of us who served in the military 10 years ago served under the Obama presidency, and we've seen many different things happen over time. And so the question of how can you be a Christian and serve in the military, or how can you be a Christian and go to war, deals a lot more even now that with what we believe about morality and metaphysics, as well as how then shall we live. And in order to explain this well, I believe I have to tell a story. And that story begins uh, before joining the military. The element of Christian culture that I grew up in was in many ways still responding to the new atheist movement through its youth 10, 15, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, let's see, when I was younger. And so what you saw and what was talked about often in sort of these Christian circles were big metaphysical questions from time to time like creationism or their world being created as opposed to it evolving from the Big Bang or whatever. And then also in addition to that, some response to the shifting in cultures. You could say on the one hand it was, a, it was reacting to the new atheist movement or it was responding and challenging the new atheist movement. And on the other hand, it was still reeling or reacting to or trying to protect its people from the negative effects of the sexual revolution that had been going on for most of, their, the, most of the, the leadership's adult lives. And the sexual revolution as well, uh, the, and the sexual revolution unleashed a zeitgeist of hedonism across the, co the country. And that zeitgeist of hedonism was in many, uh, in many attempt or many ways, not only a, not a boogeyman, but a legitimate concern for the adults at that time. They saw their children as being they said they, they wanted to those who wa who those who intentionally raised their children let's just say it that way those who intentionally raised their children wanted to protect their children from the consequences of the lifestyles that were made popular by the sexual revolution but what does this any of this have to do with war well the answer is <coughs> um, so I left that experience and I went to the military at 18 and in the military, in the army, it did not take terribly long for me to adopt this 
persona to take on a way of living which was something like having your cake and eating it too. On the one hand, I wanted to confess to be a Christian, but on the other hand, I wanted to live a lifestyle that could be depicted as the Army Ranger lifestyle. And whether it's changed a bunch is sort of for another time. But the one hand, the living, the uh, the the Christian life or being a Christian, claiming to be a Christian, it imposed or implied that a person had certain values. And those values were being challenged by being in the military, which is a strange place to be if you were to look at a grander place in history because the, e- the idea of just war theory came from the church of all places. I'm going to use this again, the Oxford Companion to Philosophy on the entry for just war, quote, the tradition of just war theory has aimed at identifying those conditions which make it morally legitimate to wage war. It was developed originally by the Christian church and more recently has been expressed in the Convention of International Law. So in my story, in, in my life, during many of the years where I was in the military, I was, not, I was living the life of the prodigal. I knew it was right, but I wanted to do what was wrong. And I knew what I ought to do, but I still would had infinite number of exp- explanations and justifications for not living according to that. And of course, this is one of the one of the realities of being in the military is with a dep- with when you're staring down a first, second, third, fifth, fifteenth deployment, you have an active event that you are preparing for that gives you ju- that that is easy to scapegoat or be used as justification for bad behavior. Whether it's the difficulty of the job itself, the demands that are expected of you, the desire for a moment of relief, the long hours, the the pr- social pressures, the, ins- the 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 easy veil that one can throw up and say, "Well, you don't understand." Uh, these opportunities are something that I experienced, and I experienced in the sense that I indulged in them. I chose to live a life with, uh, with my eyes facing one way and my actions moving another. My words said one thing, and so in many ways, some of my actions said to another. And while the military itself was a lonely place for Christians, because in many, in in some sense, that new atheist movement uh, zeitgeist had captured so much of the military, it was easy to be lonely. Uh, what I, 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 I think I can say with some amount of certainty that I did not make it easy for the people that I served with. You, one does not have to be a Christian to understand hypocrisy. One does not need to confess that Jesus is Lord to understand something, something isn't right about this scenario. Which is meant to highlight the point of this episode, and that is when we talk about just war theory, and when the question is asked, or when we talk about, or when the question is asked, it highlights how we think about just war theory. Because for those coming from the outside looking in, that question, what is it like to be in the Christ- a Christian in the military, or how can you be a Christian and go to war? The question is almost always phrased, or almost as always presented, as if, it was trying to get a metaphysical 
explanation on justifications for war. It is a in the distinction between juice ad bellum, which is a worldview question, uh, and w- and that worldview question asks what makes it right to go to war. Uh, the <coughs> the question itself. Let's let's go back to it. How can you be a Christian and go to war, uh, or how can you be a Christian in the military? That question so often is taken from a worldview perspective. Explain to me your worldview where you can justify, where you can, say, rationalize, you can come to some understanding on how you can confess to say these things, but then go live and do those things. And the problem with that overarching theological question is not only is it not new, but it's been answered and engaged with for many, 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 many millennia. Well, not many millennia. That would be thousands of years, but many, many centuries. You know, at least... If we're going to use Saint Augustine or Augustine as one of the first authors on the subject, we're still looking at something like eighteen hundred years. So it's been around a long time. The question isn't new, <coughs> but the uh, the but the real but the other side of the question, and the way that I think the question should not cannot be neglected, and how it has relevance to our culture today as well as to those who serve in the military, is the juice in bellow, just juice in bellow side of a just war theory, which is what is the right thing to do in war? To re to pull this all together, to reiterate this statement, just war theory is the attempts uh, not it's not even the attempts, just war theory as the quote has aimed at identifying those conditions which make it morally legitimate to wage war. And then that and that is a juice ad bellum exp- uh, juice ad bellum side of the equation. What actions, what events, what circumstances make it such that a country is justified in going to war, an army, a government or whatever. The other side of the question, which go- as a result gets so often overlooked, is what is the appropriate actions, what is the right thing to do while in war? And so in my case, I don't, uh, so in, in my story, the way that I'm talking, I want to I be able to bring this forward. In my, my experience in the military, the, the, uh, the juice ad bellum question was much less difficult then or it was much it was a much different kind of problem than the other side which is what am i doing how am i living how am i acting and 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 look at those actions that life that those decisions that i'm making through a lens of justice and morality now what ended up happening to me is that these two, the, trying to live in this dualistic, or not dualistic because we just talked about that re- re- recently, but trying to live in this way where I wanted to have my cake and eat it too, I wanted to be a Christian but not live a Christian life, created manifold contradictions which may have in some sense made me come across as somewhat untrustworthy. This man claims to be a Christian but he lives the sex, booze, and rock and roll lifestyle that is 
common in this environment? How can you how can those two things exist at the same time? And it's you cannot fault even the non-believer in this case for wondering how a person can do one and not or how a person can say one thing and act another way. And those contradictions piled up until I eventually had to remedy them or maybe a better way of saying it is they were the, the the method of their remediation was forced on me by a saving creator uh, but what it ended what ended up happening is something like that I could only hold myself together for so long one of the problems that we deal with as a society especially when it comes to uh, events like uh, actions like self-defense and use of force is that we miss over the fact that carrying a how do you say it carrying a critical mass uh, or you know a lethal amount of contradictions leaves somebody in such a position where experiences of this sort fracture yourself not help you stick together having a strong having it not only not only having your th let's just call it big theology but having your theology your your uh, your juice ad bellum theology together and trying to have that consistent with your juice in bello your your actions of yourself um, l gives a person that kind of stability that makes them capable of weathering the storm of emotions and hardship and discipline required to excel or act in that case. And even if it doesn't, even if a person can for a while muscle themselves through it, the question is at what cost? So, why this conversation? Why are we talking about just war theory and Christians in war? Well, the extent of it is to look at how we are looking at not only gun culture, but Americana as a whole. Because as the veil between the veteran and the citizen has started to, or has continued to come down in within gun culture, it also is another look at how we as a nation and how the West is moving on from the era of sort of the height of the new atheist movement to where we're at now. And when we are, when we ask big theological questions like this, what is a what is the just what are, what is a just case for war? We also, and we know that we are we must intentionally look inside. We also recognize that these are questions that we can answer in ourselves, well, not in ourselves of our own accord, but questions that we must pursue the answer of. If you're going to carry a firearm and you're not theologically sound, then that then the potential then the event that you have to use it will have ramifications in your soul. Your mind, your, your mind, your soul, your spirit will have to contend with those contradictions. And so it's important to shore up that, in that side as well. In addition to this, the, the emptiness and meaninglessness that was left behind by the New Atheist Movement is giving way to a new version of religiosity. Let's just call it that way. And I would not be surprised in any way, shape, or form if three, five, eight years from now, the idea of being an atheist in any way, shape, or form is reduced to a super minority within the West. We're not sure yet, but it's, it's a possibility. 
however it's kind of looking that way. And it's not that there won't be some new version to take its place. It's just I, I think it's a declining worldview, which is which recognize which I recognize could become a, a view from above fallacy very quickly, because I am not one of those people. But the shift away from the new atheist movement to this new pseudo-religious movement is uh, a reminder that there are no such things as wars that are not holy wars. All wars are, in a sense, a holy war because all people are fundamentally religious. And because all people are fundamentally religious, then and, and the things which inform them, their morals, are their religion, then they will, then all war that we engage in will end up being, to some extent, a, w a war of faith. And I wanted to tell my story, and I wanted to tell my example of what it was like being in the military as a Christian because I want to... I, I, not uh, not so much in the form of confession. I want to encourage you to do not to not to be careful not to miss the one for the other. Do not miss the juice ad bellum question for the juice in bello question. One asks, "Is this war justified?" or "What are the the conditions that justify going to war?" And the other one is, "Am I doing what is right in my worldview in my framework?" And the other part about it is that uh, I, I wanted I started with the purpose or talking about Christian culture before the military, and that is because I think it's changed. Before the military, the, the Christian culture approached the outside world as sort of a bullied child. And then y as a bullied child, as a minority, as somebody taking blows from, be, and, and for not exactly a, a, a surprising point, the New Atheist Movement was very aggressive. Uh, it very, very, very loudly beat its chest and said, "I am smarter than you." Uh, and then, <coughs> but, the, and that attitude was in in some ways reflected in the military at, at during my time in the service. I can quite distinctly remember a number of people who were very vocally in opposition to any sort of religious worldview. Uh, and and some people explained it away with things like. Um, how can you trust a uh, how can you trust a, a man who's in the military who's a Christian because he might hesitate in battle or something like this, and the uh, the the reality is is that those who had their faith firm were the l least likely to be indecisive on the ground, and the consequences of war or the effects of war had a different had a different impact on those who had faith and those who well in this for the sake of the argument didn't but that's not the same world that we live in today and i don't think we need to maintain i don't i think we need to change our posture we need to stop approaching the world outside of the church or outside of our community um, like we are a bullied child and rather stand boldly and stand with courage towards what we face the world outside, the world inside gun culture has shifted, and so many, so much of our community has embraced faith again that I believe the attitude needs to shift. We can look to our left and right and say, my brother in Christ, let's do this together. The world has shifted in that way, and that, and that means our posture must shift as well. And our posture no longer needs to be on the back foot, but instead choosing to look to those around us that see uh, as we do and try to build in our communities together. 
And that's a call to action. That's a call to action saying, go to your church. Go get involved in church. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your people. And build them, build one another up according to what is right and true and good. The desire, the need for the church to change its posture from that of a bullied, nice guy mentality to something that is not simply a pseudo-aggression, but a confident approach in its future is now. It is relevant today, and it is the time that we live in. But that is, for many of us, a time where we said no one was there when I was young like this. Maybe that's what you tell yourself. I certainly have mine. But that doesn't mean that we are not called to be that person to the next generation. We are called, in in fact, encouraged to raise young, strong men up to do that which is right. And as we do that, we continue the Great Commission in that sense. So when you think about the question of what is a just, or when you think about the question of how do Christians go to war, and we recognize that, or how do Christians be in the military, and the the, the veil between military and civilians is coming down quickly, especially in gun culture, um, that is a question that we will have to continue to answer at a later date, because at this point in time, for the relevance of this conversation, the important thing to address is... Now we understand the difference between juice ad bello and juice in bellum. Just juice, J-U-S, it's kind of a justice, just. And, <coughs> and how we understand that as the difference between how we observe the world from a worldview and how we observe ourselves and, uh, and we act. This isn't to simply say that you can defeat a coy and, and somewhat u- usually uh, dishonest question like... Um, Well, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. I'm I'm sorry, that's not a question, that's a challenge. Um, It doesn't mean that we are going to be able to defeat such a coy and perhaps, um, uh, it's it's, it's very rarely asked in good faith, question or or condemnation or challenge, that is, how can a Christian be in, go to war when Jesus says, turn the other cheek? Um, Remember that, we must understand that that phrase that was said by Jesus did not exist in a void. It was spoken in context and it had meaning. And the meaning is not that you have you are supposed to be a doormat or somebody <coughs> calling yourself a martyr for you know less than martyrdom experiences. <coughs> that being the case, we've seen the negative effects of victimhood culture, and just because we call ourselves Christians does not mean that we are immune from the temptation to throw ourselves on the floor and say, but I was being attacked. So that being the case, and as we close up today, if you think about war and just war theory, there uh, we are going to engage. W- these are some of the reasons why we are engaging in this study as a podcast. The objective, one objective of the Redacted Culture Cast, is to bring the ideas that may exist in just war theory down to, or over to, or into gun culture. Because if gun culture 3.0 is the maximization of the best kits, gun culture 4.0 might be community building. And gun culture 5.0, if we're fortunate enough to leave that, see that time, might be the consumption of the entire country by our worldview. But we'll see. We'll see moving forward. So that being the case, we are not alone in this. The tide has shifted. There are more... 
of us than we like to realize. There are men of valor in the church, and there are men of valor returning to the church. And so if you are on the fence between, or maybe this is a call to action to attend church, which I must do more of, then let me encourage you this way. I don't think it's safe to say that we are alone. It may have been lonely at it for me at a time in the military, but that is not that is not perpetual. That was then, and this is now. And now is the time to build our communities together, to build up for what may come, because in the near future, we do, well, we do not know what the, fu- the, the future will hold, but all it seems to be looking at a divide once again. There, the convenient ambiguity of the new atheist movement is kind of fading, and what takes its place is yet to be discovered. So that being the case, this is the Redacted Culture Cast. If you want to support the show and join the conversation, be part of our community-building community endeavors, you can head over to redactedculture.locals.com. That's where you can support us, and as we get more support there, we can build more into that platform, as well as if you want to get on the hoodie t-shirt gang list, go over to redactedllc.com. That's where you will find our pre-orders that are running for both our hoodies and our classic redacted shirts. This is a pre-order that we need to fill a couple more orders in before we're capable or safe to make the order. So if you want to head over there, again, that's redactedllc.com. We appreciate your support, and we appreciate the courage that you have that, that you bring to this culture. So keep it up, carry on, and go forth and conquer.